Well, how's everybody doing? Good. <laughs> Tell you what, yeah, just like Wes said at the start, of the, the start of the meeting, like, it's so odd to be here with just so spread out. I love doing Connect Group with Camilla, and I feel like my job at Connect Group is to set the, the ambiance. And I'm like, okay, we've got to have our seating in a certain way. We've got to do things in a certain way so people are far enough apart. This is pre-COVID. Far enough apart, but not too far that you like disengaging in conversation. Mark Manfredi used to say the same things. You know, you've got to find the right space for the right meeting just to make it just so. And uh, luckily, church isn't just about ambience. It's not just about that. And I just... Yeah, thank the Lord that we can meet together again. I, I'm so stoked that people are coming out and, and joining us as we do this. Uh, what a privilege it is to, to be in this huge room, this Nanaimo Christian School. We've got like 30-foot high ceilings. We've got 110 feet back to, to fill up, and it's just, just great to be with you. Um, but it is odd. It is weird. I can feel like I've, I've had the privilege because I do some of the tech stuff and, and other things. I've had an excuse to be here at every meeting so far. And every meeting so far, there's... It's like we have to break down a barrier to sort of get back to where we were before. We have to sort of like, we're like, oh, we come in the room, it's like, oh, this isn't quite how we used to do it, is it? It's not quite what we want, um, that distance between people. And we've also, we've almost got to like learn a new way of doing things just for the next few months here. But I believe that God wants to do something in these times. Do you believe the same thing? We're not in this for no purpose. It's hard to see the purpose. It's hard to see what that nice, shiny fruit is going to be at the end of all this. But we know that God is doing something. He's going to say something through this. And in, in years to come, we're going to be looking back at this time and say, that was when we refined this thing. That's when we figured out this thing. That's when God shouted at us about the importance of that thing. And it's so cool as we as a leadership team and the rest of us as a church family struggle through those things and, 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 and aim and, and meet together and, and work out a new way of do, doing things. I think in this time, we have to be intentional in a way that we've never had to be intentional before. You know, you used to kind of just rock up at church and, and you know, just the ambiance, the, the, the people right next to you, the, the, the many friends that you see on a Sunday morning just used to set that tone of like, oh, yeah, it's good to be here. Now we have to like find that new way of doing things. It's like, oh, this is, this is a challenge. It doesn't just work. Like if I, if I want to enter into worship, especially those of you who are listening and, and can't come join us because of different things, everyone's at a different stage, but especially for those at home and even for us here, we have to really be intentional about entering into worship. I can even feel it myself just on the side there like, wow, I've got I've to press into God. It doesn't just click and it doesn't just happen. It's in this time, it's going to happen out of the overflow of what's happening in our private times. It doesn't just work just rocking up on a Sunday. That's not where I wanted to start this morning, but I can just feel that in our service. Like God has a mission for us to go on. God wants us to teach us something. And if you're feeling that as you listen online or if you, if you come with us this, morning, or this evening, we're showing this tomorrow morning, but it's the evening here right now. Um, if you're feeling some of that awkwardness, actually that's something that God wants to teach us. God wants to teach us something. If, if you rock up to worship and it's like, it's not just easy to enter into God's presence here or at home. Actually, God wants to teach us and to learn a new way of getting into his presence. And that's going to be a skill that we're going to take into the future. It's just so, I'm so privileged to be here uh, with you guys, again, because we are a community. This community, Oceanside Church, um, coming to Nanaimo, 
it's been an amazing blessing to me and now my family as we extend our family and we've got two kids now here that love to call Oceanside Church home. A week before we uh, opened up church again a few weeks ago, my little boy Zion, who just turned three on Thursday, he was like, I miss coming to church. I miss worshiping with mommy. I'm like, what about daddy? Do you miss worshiping with daddy? <laughs> like, no, I don't miss worshiping with daddy. And we just like, Western, like we brought him for that first Sunday. There was an extra spot. And it was just cool to have him here. So yeah, whatever your age, it's just an amazing blessing to raise our children in this church family. It's a church family that we've dearly missed over the last three months. You know, Connect Group has been put on pause. We've been doing the Zooms. Who's had enough of Zoom? Yeah, me too. I'm done. And now luckily we can have people in our garden again and sort of meet at a distance. But we have dearly missed you guys. And we still miss it. You know, even though we can meet together as 50 people here today, we're still not back to our normal yet. And I've joked uh, with a few people at the office and, and other people as I meet them, it's like 2020 has been like the perfect time for a pandemic. It might sound odd, but for me, I like, you know, we've got endless TV at the touch of a button. We can sit at home, we can stream whatever we want onto the big screen onto, or on many devices that sit around the house. Um, we've got online shopping. How many things have you bought from Amazon or other online stores recently? You can like, Pick curbside pickup. You don't even have to go into the store anymore. You know, drive-throughs exist. You can go get food without going into a restaurant. If you're a single guy and you can't cook, you know, you haven't starved to death because of the drive-through. Amen. Praise the Lord that that exists all in 2020. Feels like the perfect time to have a pandemic. You know, it's been bad, but it's not been too bad. Um, and it, for a church as well, it's kind of been a perfect time for us. You know, it's it's been. You know, we can beam our services right into your living room there this morning. We can. You can watch it wherever you want. You know, if the morning doesn't quite work out, you can watch it in the evening, or you can gather people close to you and watch it with them. And I know I've had a lot of fun as a techie person. If you don't know me, I love tech. I love figuring things out, different things. That first couple of weeks when the pandemic hit and we suddenly had to go online, that was the greatest two weeks of the year for me or of the decade. Because I'm like, yes, I get to stay up till midnight figuring out this nerdy thing. God has been good to me during this pandemic. I love it. And we've had a great team, and we're well-positioned as a church. You know, I think um, some of the other churches, as we've been speaking and talking to people, you know, haven't, haven't had that basis of what we've already had. So we've been thoroughly blessed. You know, for us, we bought, like, one extra thing that we need to do, and but all the stuff, all the equipment, we've got all that. We've got all the people. We've got the amazing camera people and the amazing sound people and the amazing worship teams that can worship together as couples and keep our services going. It's been like, oh, this, is, this hasn't been too bad. It's been perfect timing, maybe. Um, yeah, it's been good, and I want to thank you guys. But this week, as I was sort of thinking about all to that, and as Mike had asked me to preach today, you know, God brought me back to thinking of that word community, thinking of that, you know, this gathering and what we're doing, and what, how has God designed community for us? How has God made us? How has he structured us? Even, like, down to our DNA, like, even though there's amazing things happening right now with technology and what we can do, what is missing right now and what does God want to speak to us today and what hunger does God want to put back into us for the coming season? And I believe that in this season of distance and feet spreading out between us as we can't quite touch and hug and lay hands on one another as we pray for people, I believe God is wanting to put a fresh hunger in our hearts that when we come back together, we're going to do community in an amazing and better way, better than we ever have before because we've learned the value for it in this time. Does that sound good? I believe that is one of the fruits that we're going to have at the end of this. 
And today as we talk on community, this isn't a word to pressure you back into meeting together with us. This isn't a word for those people, you know, sitting online, watching us from their homes. Everyone's in a different stage, in a different position. But what I do want to do today is, is look at that community because I can feel it even in myself, even as we turn, you know, sort of spring into summer now and we've had like a good weekend of summer, can feel that thing. I was like, oh, I could get used to this. Ah, oh, I could get used to not having any evening commitments, especially from an introvert like me. Um, it's fun to joke that this has been a perfect time for a pandemic for me, but we know that deep down that digital connections are a far cry from what God calls us to, and God calls us to family. And this isn't just something that we as Christians notice. This is something that the secular world has noticed as well. There was a, a, a lady called Sherry Turkle, and in 2011, she wrote this in a book called Alone, uh, Alone Together. She said, we are lonely but fearful of intimacy. Digital connections, while they offer the illusion of companionship without the demands of friendship, our networked life allows us to hide from each other, even as we are tethered to each other all the time. We would rather text than talk. When technology engineers intimacy, relationships can be reduced to just mere connections. And then easy connection becomes redefined as intimacy once was. Put otherwise, those cyber intimacies slide into cyber solitudes. I think that's amazing insight for 2011. You know, the, the techno bubble of, you know, cell phones were already coming along. Well, they were already firmly here by that point, but just the connectedness that you have was just speeding up at that time. Facebook started in um, 2004, 2006. They went public and started letting anybody have an account. And they, you know, two, 2008, they, they had 100 million people around the world. Today, they've got like nearly 3 billion people connected together on their platform. But we know that connectivity or even just streaming a service or even coming out to an evening meeting or a morning meeting isn't the same as relationship. And it's well documented that even as online connections skyrocket, even as our connectivity skyrockets, even as, as that report on our phone that tells us how much we've been on our phone that week, even as that number keeps going up and skyrocketing and skyrocketing, and we know that loneliness and anxiety seems to be increasing in our culture as well. So it's, why it's open to see that, that something's not right. So the opening point number one is that we know that the digital is no replacement for the physical. My second point as we just open here is it's hard to appreciate how loneliness really affects us. It's hard to appreciate, you know, it's hard to quantify that thing, but there's a lot of well-known research. One of them says this, it says, well-known review of research found that loneliness or social isolation or living alone were all independent risk factors of early mortality. That means dying early. You, were, you had an increased likelihood of death ranging from 26 to 32% if you were lonely. And some estimates say, some studies say that loneliness is a greater risk factor to premature mortality than obesity, and it's comparable to the risk of smoking. That's crazy to me that we're built this way. There's something in us that just craves to be with other people. Um, ongoing in that article, it says, some researchers say our bodies... Uh, psychological response to loneliness is based on how we are made. Humans are simply built to survive in groups. In historic times, isolation could be deadly. So our body ramps up the fight or flight response, which leads to climbing blood pressure, disrupted sleep, distress hormones, and inflammation. And over a long period of time, the state of loneliness can lead to increased 
risk of cardiovascular diseases and other diseases as well. So this, the science is in both the digital and both our physical, we crave for physical intimacy. And as I was, you know, um, as I've been praying with God and, and, and looking at this preach the, uh, for today and just thinking about community, you know, one of the things I did was, was look up the different words for community in the Bible. You do like a good Bible word search. You can do that with technology now. You can type a word in and you could be like, you know, how many times does the Bible talk about this in different ways? And where can I cross-reference what God, what God is speaking about? And uh, how many times do you think community came up? It came up zero times. No times the word community came up in the ESV translation of the Bible. I'm like, hmm, maybe God doesn't care about community. Maybe I should find a different preacher. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure God cares about this. And the fact is, and there's lots of other words. I picked that word because it's, it, there's, there's no references. There's lots of other references to community in the Bible just using different words. But the Bible assumes community in our lives. There's no way that a person, uh, the Jewish people, God's people um, growing up throughout history would have ever thought that being alone was a good thing. The Bible assumes that people are in community. The Bible shows us that people are in community. In fact, the Bible is one long story of a community on a journey going somewhere together. That is another pointer for us that God wants us in community. The Bible talks about language. It uses language even stronger than just community. I think maybe the, the translators didn't use the word community because it was maybe a bit too weak. God uses the word family, uses father, brother, sister, not even just to talk about blood relationship, but in relation to, to one another as a church body. It says we're woven together. We're God's people. How many genealogies are there in the Bible as you read through, as, those, as you guys have been doing the 2020 challenge? How many times have you come across a genealogy and it's just like, why is this here? A long list of people. Now God's community is stamped as a hallmark throughout the Bible. Community is vital and the Bible is written constantly in that light. So why do we need community? What do we get from it? If you've got your Bibles here this evening, let's turn to Ephesians 4. We're going to start in verse 11. And it gives us a little glimpse of why we might need community in our lives. Paul writing says this, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. So why are we called into community? The first reason I think we find is that we want to mature together. You know, it, it says that, you know, for the, in verse 12 it says, for the building up of the body of Christ. And then later on it says, to mature manhood, to the full measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The reality is that we're called into community to become more like Jesus himself. We can't actually do it independent of one another. As I was reading uh, for this week, one commentator said, community exposes us like nothing else does. Real community. When you enter into a deep relationship, is anybody married here this evening? Or has anybody got kids? Yeah. And there's many other relationships that, that do this. But when you become married, it exposes you on a completely other level. You know, I, I remember being single. Um, and I remember being quite an idealistic person. 
had lots of thoughts in my head about what my future was going to be like and how great Andy was at life. And then I got married to my wife, and there was someone constantly in my wife just, let's say, refining me. <laughs> and, and as you're constantly around someone in deep community, as, as you sleep in the same bed, as there's, there's no option to just spend a few nights elsewhere in a hotel to get away, you're forced to confront yourself in a new way. And I'm like, wow, I've mentioned this before, I think, but, you know, those close relationships expose us on different levels. It's fun doing marriage prep with guys because they're so happy and in love before, and they're still happy and in love after, but you have to walk through stuff. (laughs) You know, I love my wife more than I ever have before, but that's because we get to walk through things together as we expose each other to different things, you know. And if you're single, I just, you know, this came to me as I was prepping today, but if you're single and you live alone... I want to maybe challenge you, like, should you be living alone? I remember when I lived uh, with a couple of guys, Christian guys, and just an amazing effect that had on me as a young man growing up. You know, if I had lived by myself, I'm, I'm someone who really needs community around me. I'm someone who needs those good Christian people around me encouraging me along the journey because uh, maybe self-discipline isn't so great as other people. You know, I want to encourage you guys, you know, get in community, get into deep community, get into a place where there's good people around you encouraging you. Community exposes us and it causes us to grow. Community also encourages us. It says in Hebrews 10, verse 24, we know this verse, and we've, we've mentioned this before uh, during this time as we look forward to coming back together. It says, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We are here to encourage one another. A couple weeks ago, Debs was in the service. I love it. Uh, Mike and Debs, they lead the church, if you're not familiar. And Debs, um, she's amazing. I love it when she comes to church and she's not in kids or, and she's with us because she just stirs the pot. And she, can, she cannot stand still if she feels there's like a barrier in the way of entering into, into community, into uh, to worship and praise and something like that. And I think it was at the, the, the second service she just came and we couldn't share the microphone because, you know, COVID and we didn't have Lysol wipes at that time. We, you know, we couldn't buy any. And she just yelled out for everybody to hear this like five minute long declaration of how good God is. And it was so encouraging. We need to be encouraged together as we meet together. I think that's one of the things that I felt today as we were in worship. I'm just like, oh, I wish there were people coming up and sharing words left, right, and center. And we've got to figure that out as we go forward so we can have a dynamic meeting where God speaks through each of us. The other thing that community does is it stops us from being tossed to and fro. It says in verse 14 of that Ephesians 4 scripture, it says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. I think that's amazingly important for our generation. I think that's amazingly important for, you know, the... You know, we're reading this in 21st century lenses. You know, if I want to access any teaching in the world, if I want to follow any church or any preacher or anything, it's just a moment away I can click on that and I can, I can plot my own course of figuring out my discipleship with Jesus on my own. I don't need anybody else anymore. But no, we are in community because it, it stops us from being carried just by the wind. Sometimes when you go it alone, sometimes... I know there was a couple years in my faith, actually, where I didn't really connect with church. Um, it was about, about a month, a, a year long. And uh, it was terrible for that. 
I'm just like, what? At the end of the year, I'm just like, what am I doing? I, I had many good excuses of why I wasn't connecting into church. And I'd go like once every month or once every six weeks at that time. But by the end of the year, I'm just like, what a waste of a year. What? What's been happening? What's been refined? What's changed? How have I grown? Nothing. I, I earn a few more pounds because I was able to work Sundays. What useless thing at the end of the day. Um, how many of us have felt like we've been being tossed to and fro by every wind that's come along in these days? I know even for me, even as um, I live and I've got a family at home, you know, I'm not totally isolated. I can still feel myself being blown by the wind sometimes as we lack that community. And as I can feel community coming back, I can feel that security as we walked out to our life together, um, coming back into a Christian community. It holds us up. Real community holds us up. It sustains and it endures through trials. And the other thing, you know, the other thing is that our community actually needs you to be here. Community and, and church, I think, you know, church isn't just the people at the front. It's not just Matt and Beth singing worship. That's not, actually worship is us together coming as a people together. We are actually needed to walk this out. I had a conversation um, a couple of weeks ago about just sort of reopening. And this person was just, you know, um, it was an amazing conversation. I was so encouraged by this conversation. But this, this, this person was just wondering about, you know, coming back to church and, you know, are we just going to do church? You know, they, they had heard that we were sort of shortening down the services so that we could do more services. And it was just like, shall, shall I come to church in this, in this way? And I was like, wow, we need you at church. Like, you're, like, you're on fire for God right now. God is doing something amazing in your life that you just want to go deeper and deeper in God. And we actually need you. This, and it was an amazing encouragement conversation because I thought this person was calling me to maybe yell at me about opening too soon the church. And it's not my decision. We made a decision as elders to, to open the church and because we can do it safely. But I was so encouraged by that and challenged by that conversation because that person was worried that we were just coming back to church to do the same thing as we had always done, but in a shorter way. And it was just like, there's not enough time to do this. And I felt you know, encouraged by that person. I said, we need you here at church because your excitement and your pressing into God right now, that is going to actually affect other people as we come to worship. Like, let's get you on the worship team if you're so into like just wanting to spend time with God. And it was such an encouraging thing. We need to be together because we feed, our relationship with God actually feeds off one another as we come in. And I'm so glad that, that we're coming back together here. It says in Romans 12, verse 5, it says, So in Christ, through many form one body. Each member belongs to all the others. We all have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If, you, if, your, gift is, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. I want to say the next point is just that God brings us together in community because there's actual spiritual gifts at work when we come together in God. You know, this isn't just a pre-planned service. This isn't just the worship team picking out a few songs that we can come and we can, we can tick off the box that we've done church that week. Actually, I feel so challenged that church, especially in this time, especially now, needs to go deeper than we've ever done before needs to have people chiming in left, right, and center to say what God is speaking to them. We want to find a way to do that. 
And we want to find a way that we each use our spiritual gifts. We're not in a spiritual gift series, and we've, we've done series on spiritual gifts. If you have questions about those, just go look on our website or, or come speak to us or message the church. We'd be happy to talk. But each of us has a spiritual gift when we come together as a people. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And that whole section is surrounded by paragraphs and paragraphs of the Apostle Paul explaining how, what variety of different spiritual gifts there are and how important they are to each other. And I think one of the realizations that as we come back and as we do church together, as we do this thing together, we've got to know that if we don't use the thing that God has given us, if we don't use the thing that God has given us as a talent or as a spiritual gift for our community, we're actually robbing ourselves or the, other, the people around us of that gift. I know I myself, I, I, again, I said I'm a te- like, I love getting stuck in the technical stuff. You know, often maybe in a week coming up to Sunday, I can be really guilty of thinking more about the tech stuff than the God stuff. And God is deeply challenging me about it. And it's been challenging me for a while about that. It's like, Andy, that, none of that stuff matters. God's people are coming to church. How important is that? I want to encourage you that as we come and meet together, that God can speak to you right now about someone sitting across the room. And yeah, you can't go up and whisper in their ear or you can't pray laying on our hands or something like that just yet. But there's nothing stopping us from using the God's spiritual gifts. There's no limitation on God. To think that our government could put out spiritual gifts in our community is a joke. We need to use them more now than ever. So if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, what God is speaking to you, pray, seek, and ask God for you to be a blessing to those around you. We need to be together for each other. What if God wants to speak through you to that person sitting across across the room for you? God can speak, and he's speaking more than we know most of the time. In 1 Corinthians 14, 26, it says, What then, brothers, when you come together, each one is a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. Church, that is who we are in community. It's us together doing this. And as we figure out these ways, as we figure out how to enable this in our new context, give us time. We're figuring it out. But I'm encouraged that we're going to go on a journey that I think when we get back to this, we're going to see the Spirit move. Not that we can conduct the Spirit or anything like that, but we're going to make space in our hearts for the Spirit to move like we've never done before because we're hungry for it. And that's why I love connect groups. That's why I love being in small groups because we can do that things a little better. You know, when you're in a connect group, you can't hide. (laughs) Sometimes there's a long silence. You're like, okay, I'll share what God has given me to share now. I encourage you. They're on pause right now, but community still happens. You can still get in groups. In 1 Corinthians 4, 14.1, it says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you might prophesy. Church, we need to dig deep into that kind of stuff right now. You know, we need to dig deep into how we operate that together. It takes commitment to community as well. And I've learned that lesson in different ways in different seasons, but... One person said this as I was researching for today. It says, they said, community is the byproduct of commitment. And I firmly believe that God has taught me that in, in, in seasons come and, and, and go. And our generation, you know, we ache for community, but we want to keep our options open all the time. 
you know, we're, we're RSVP, but, you know, if something better comes up, just let you know, buddy, I'm, 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 I'm over there. You know, that's what our generation sometimes says. We have a fear of commitment. We have a fear of saying, yeah, I'm, I'm there, I'm coming. You know, we have, we're guilty of having a consumer mindset as we come. You know, some of us, we're, we're coming to these services like, oh, shall I come this week? Based on the thought of what am I going to get out of it? What am I going to get out of it? I feel like God wants to do the complete opposite thing in the next season is what have you got to bring to the people around you? And if you're dry, and you know, if you can't, if the last thing on your mind is, is someone else's problems or, you know, if you're in a season where you need to be ministered to, we need you here as well, <laughs> right? This is not a call. We don't just need like 50 on-fire Christians and all the depressed down and out people are just sitting at home, woe is me. No, we need a mix of everybody because we're in this together. You know, as one is weak, the other is strong. That's a great why, another reason why it's great to get married. You know, usually one of you is down in the pits, the other one is doing okay and can pick you up a little bit, right? Community is a byproduct of commitment, and we need to be committed in this time, in a time where it's so easy not to be committed and to disengage. We need, if we want real community, we have to commit. You know, in my family, I'm, I'm locked in. We signed the contract, it's covenant. Me and Camilla's marriage, it's for life. You know, we've even talked about, you know, if something terrible happens, we're in this. We'll figure it out. We'll go through it. Um, we're not going anywhere. I'm stuck. And I'm stuck with her extended family as well. I'm stuck with her, with their in-laws. We actually live across the road from our in-laws. Ah! <laughs> yeah, careful. They don't watch us. No, they might. I don't know. Um, <laughs> they go somewhere else. Um, but I'm stuck with her family. So actually, and her family is amazing. Actually, one of the reasons why we chose to live in Nanaimo and have not moved, there have been opportunities to move from Nanaimo. One of the reasons why we stayed is family and church family. We had an opportunity to move to Calgary a few years back, and it would have accelerated um, my wife's wanting to become an RN, a registered nurse, by about four years. And for me, at the company I was with at the time, that was the head office. Like, seems like a no-brainer. We should just move to Cal Calgary, get out of here, and just, like, just, just forget the Nanaimo small city opportunity thing and go, and go live there. And actually, after about three months of considering that move, it's like, we can't leave what we have. We can't leave the family that we found here. We, you know, we were only at the church three years by that time. We weren't in leadership or anything. But we have found a family, and we were committed to that family. And I, I, I think our lives are now a testament to being committed and actually God speaking, saying, don't go. What you've got here is better than any job you'll find in Calgary. Not to saying that people can't move. We've had dear friends move recently for good things, and I just see their lives just skyrocketing in their love for Jesus and their, in their, and, their, and their commitment to the believers around them. But community takes real commitment. We're actually stuck together. Um, one commentator said this, spiritual formation occurs primary, primarily in the context of community. Long-term interpersonal relationships are the crucible of genuine progress in the Christian life. People who stay grow. People who leave don't grow so much. It's simple but profound biblical reality that we both grow and thrive together or we don't grow much at all. You know, we as, a, as an eldership team, as a church leadership team and a wider leadership team, you know, we can stomp our feet, we can clap our hands as much as we want to. But if we're not in this journey together, we're not going anywhere. 
because we're not going to leave our congregation behind. We're not going to, you know, abandon what, what the people that God has called us to. We need to go forward together. We need to take it all together and say, it's my mission to advance the church and what God is doing through community. That's what we need to do. As we land here, I just have one final picture on what God was, was putting to me. And, and, and again, I want to talk about this today because there's a great opportunity in, in our Christian culture right now to, to choose online community over physical community. And I want to reiterate, if you're watching us online because you can't be here, there's, there's a real risk with, with, with coming out. Now, on the, in BC, we're, we're okay, you know, we're doing good, but there are people in our society who are really at risk, and we know people, you know, uh, I've got family in, in, in England where, you know, we've lost because of what's happened. Um, so it's no, I'm by no means just, you know, um, saying that you should come if, it, if it's risky for you. We're not twisting your arm to come back here, but I believe we need some holy dissatisfaction with the current state of affairs. We need some holy dissatisfaction with our inability to come lay hands and pray for each other. We need to get a bit riled up and say, oh, I cannot wait till this is over because I want to go out and I want to I pray for people and I, I want to be connected like I've never been before. And now through this season, I realize how, how deep and important these connections are now. I believe we need some holy dissatisfaction with the current state of affairs. And in our inability to, part in, to partake in what we've known, it's easy to fill up on the wrong thing. It's easy to fill up you know, I do watch other churches. I do watch other things. But I, I watch those things in supplication to my community here. You know, it's like when I'm out walking the dog, I'll put on a sermon from somebody else. And it's way better than the teaching at Oceanside. Is that, like from a, from a production point of view, from a, you know, the, you know, the guys worked with a team of eight people who all have PhDs to figure out the right references and all this stuff. We can't compete. There's no way we can compete. But there's nothing compared to a local community that actually we're connected together. When you struggle, we struggle. And what God wants to say to us here is what he wants to say to us. Those churches putting out amazing products online, doing amazing things, and I love them and it, it adds to my life. But I don't use it over my local community here. And I'm not saying that because we're worried about you know people getting disconnected. I feel like well, I am worried, actually. I'm worried about people entering into a second-class community, if you understand what I'm saying. God put this picture in my mind just as we finish up. He said, you know, and, and as we think that we get, need to be hungry, you know, who's had fast food in the last few months? Like, okay, I think it was yesterday I had some fast food. Sorry, Camilla. We edit that bit out for her. It's easy to fill up on fast food. The other day, I, um, I assumed Camilla wasn't cooking dinner, and I, uh, it, was, you know, it wasn't quite time to go home from work, but I like, didn't bring any lunch because I wasn't planned, and I, I went out and I, got a, uh, uh, I went to McDonald's, and then I came back, and I was like, oh, nice and full, perfect. And then when I went home, opened the door to Camilla, and she cooked this amazing meal. Shoot. I didn't tell her. She doesn't know. We'll see if she finds out. That'll be the test if she watched today's stream. No. Um, like, did you watch my sermon, honey? No? Yeah. <laughs> did you get this far? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but I was, I was thinking about that, and I was like, how easy is it to fill up on useless waste 
when there's a banquet waiting for us? How often do you do that? No, fast food, it's so addictive. You know, they give you the Coke, and that's just the sugar rush. And they give you, Ferentz, Ferentz, can you just turn the other way? Oh, I feel convicted right now. Um, I feel judged, super judged right now. <laughs> it's, so, it's so addictive, right? It so fills you up. And when you have more fast food, it fills you up, and you don't really want the good stuff. You just want the more, more of the fast food stuff. And we can do the same thing with connections with one another. You know, actually scrolling on our phone, we can think that's community, and we consume it like we could consume fast food. And when we're done on Instagram with our friends, we move on to people we don't know and scroll through their stuff. And that replaces, and on some level in this time, it's a challenge for us, because we need to fight back for community. I can feel it in my own life. I need to fight for this. We need to get hungry for this. It's not good enough. Online is not good enough. We need to be physically present for one another because you have something to bring, because we have something to bring together. And God wants to prepare a banqueting table for us, and we need to get hungry for that. And we need to ask God to give us those spiritual gifts, like what am I bringing? It's a potluck, right? The banqueting table is a potluck. It's where you bring something, but you get to share with everybody else as well. We need to get back to that place. COVID-19 has exposed our religiousness in a lot of ways as well. It's like, okay, you can't do church anymore. You have to go away. You have to go online. And it's been amazing things, you know, now that every church is putting the gospel online, it's amazing, and there's going to be fruit from this. But it has exposed our religiousness as well. It's exposed the reason that we come to church. It's exposed the real reasons of why we come to community. And that's okay. When, like we said before, when we're exposed, it's a growth opportunity. And I'm praying in my own life, like, God, help me with this feeling. Help me with this. Lord, when we come back and when we start Connect Group again in September, help me value those around me like never before. So I just, yeah, I want to end there and I'll just hand it over to Wes and maybe the worship team would just come back up and and get prepped as well. But uh, yeah, God is exposing stuff. God has created a dissatisfaction in some areas, but we've got to use that to step into the good things that God has got for us in the future. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks. Good, Andy. I'm just going to read one thing, and then we'll close in in worship. But, um, yeah, it is a challenge, isn't it? It is a a big challenge for us individually to um, do something that's not necessarily comfortable in the moment. Um, Who here has ever... Um, decided that you were going to make a asserted effort in the area of fitness. <laughs> yeah. And how uncomfortable was the first little bit? Pretty uncomfortable, right? First day was great. Second day, n- not as great. And third day, you know. But in, and then it becomes a part of your lifestyle and things change. And community is one of those things where um, we can believe it, but until we value it, we may not ever live it out. And so um, it's easy to get into the cycle of, like Andy's saying, all the things. But I think for me, what I feel challenged um, in with this community thing is not just, not just incorporating it into life for the sake of it, but it's, it's engaging um, community with people first by engaging God first and foremost, sincerity of heart, openness, and secondly, by engaging believers in the same thing. So I think the first step for us 
Um, to be honest with you, I think the first step, when we find it really hard to engage in our local community, I think a better question is, how are we finding ourselves engaging with God? Hebrews 10 says this, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Can we stand together? Yeah, God, as we close this evening, Lord, I just pray. Um, Lord, we just, we just take this moment to approach you with sincerity of heart. Lord, we just quiet ourselves before you for a moment. We just say, Holy Spirit, won't you come? Holy Spirit, won't you breathe afresh in our hearts? Lord, we, we want to be responders of you. Lord, we want to come to you with an open heart. Lord, we don't want to be role-playing. Lord, we're not treating this as a, as a platform, but God, we are coming to you as in a secret place. Lord, from a place of intimacy and honesty and, and authenticity. And Lord, we just, we open ourselves up to you right now, God. And we just say, Lord, things that we simply believe, Lord, we just pray. If they're in your heart, Lord, that you would just birth such a value in our lives for those things. Lord, where there's been staleness or dryness or um, distance, Lord, I just pray Lord, that you would just draw your children in again, God. That you would draw us deeply into your heart. God, how we love you. Lord, we thank you that you're so rich in mercy. Lord, we thank you that you are a prodigal God. Lord, you don't just chase the waywards, Lord. You chase the religious. You're chasing every single heart because you long for intimacy for nearness for community let's just take a moment now and let's just respond to our great king in Jesus name